0: Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the 5'7 assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of a rainbow. Get yeah, stuck! Get yeah, stuck! Get yeah, stuck! Get yeah, stuck! So I'm actually kind of annoying when it comes to certain things with music. Albums where the last verse isn't from the main artist... It just doesn't feel right to me. Remixes? I'm oddly wed to the original. And finally, producer albums with a bunch of different rappers on it are another type of record that I just don't usually gravitate to. I'm just, I guess, a bit too much of a concept and theme whore. Let's put it that way. But I am a fair man. And today's guest on the show, New York-based producer Blockhead recently dropped an album like this, that was just so good, it overcame my annoying biases, this album being The Ox, released on Backwood Studios. So I caught up with a very talented and very funny and personable producer to understand how he's approached collaboration with some of the genre's finest lyricists in Aesop Rock and Billy Woods, uncover his perspectives on the current production landscape in hip-hop, and then finish it off by diving into the makings of his terrific new album, The Ox. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth artist interviews, album reviews, and general rap commentary on the best that the underground rap scene has to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. Blockhead, how are you doing today? I'm good. Can't complain. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Loving the new album. It's funny. I actually had a, uh, I had an iPod Classic, if you're familiar with those relics of time. Yes, of and um, that one, those ones you could actually put in like video too, right? Not just like music. And I synced up one of two videos that I've ever, ever synced. Like I actually found a way to download it. To be honest, I don't know if I pirated your shit. I don't know how I got it. Maybe it was downloaded on Vimeo, but it was the music scene video that you did. Yes. And it was a one of my friends, Danny. He's like one of my best friends and he's just such a hip hop head music fan. And I didn't know who you were until he put me on of this. And he's like, yo, this video is like the most crazy shit I've ever seen. And I saw it and I was like, holy <laughs> holy hell and that was really what tuned me into your whole music i got to music by Light from there and i've been a fan ever since that that's definitely the gateway for a large group of people i'd say there's like mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a couple gateways that you know there's like the asap gateway
1: there's the music by Light gateway and then there's the music scene gateway those are like the the three main ones i'd say with my for my career
0: yeah i honestly feel i think i may have i think i did hear Labor Days prior to that, but I don't think I knew who you were, even though you had produced it. I wasn't like that in tune at the time. But yeah, that that was incredible. And, you know, on the topic of like your early ninja tune days, um, you know, 2009's Music Scene, the record that that music video was part of. This is an album that's solely instrumental and it's a type of record that you've definitely made many times throughout your career as a one of the main figures in like that trip hop instrumental hip hop scene in the 2000s. Yet you've also done other kinds of records where you produce with rappers and and made collaboratives, uh, records like with Aesop rock, most notably and Billy Woods. And I, I always wonder with producers who do both, like, do you feel compelled to do something different? Like, I don't know, push your sound further when there's no more rap vocals on it, or like want to tell more of a story. So I'm just kind of curious in general, but if you're and how your production approach changes when you're doing instrumental work versus like working with a rapper.
1: I, I think that when making instrumental music, there's a lot of more there, you know, you have a hole, a hole to fill, <laughs> you know, like, like the, the 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 place where words would be are now open. And like, I've generally always kind of felt that a lot of instrumental hip hop stuff is kind of monotonous and boring. So I've always tried to kind of like make songs that move and move and go and don't really stop in one place. And so like to make an instrumental song is, is it's much more of an undertaking because I have to do a lot more. <laughs> and uh, it, it's but, you know, you just have to kind of keep this thing going and, and evolving the entire time. Where with, with, with a rapper, I kind of like work around their vocals. Like I, I will I will just frame the vocals and. Put my little parts in and 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 do drops and stuff like that. But it's a much, I mean, it's very easy to to, to sequence for rappers. I, I feel like. Uh, and I'll, but with instrumental stuff, you can also just take more chances. You can, you can change speeds in the middle. You could you could uh, change rhythms and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's just there's no boundaries when, when you do instrumental stuff. I mean, you could potentially do that with rappers too, but like you'd have to find a rapper that's cool with doing that.
0: Yeah, true, true. <laughs> you can definitely can trip a, up a rapper that way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think uh, I for sure know what you mean. Like, I mean, hip hop, I honestly feel like there's you could pretty much categorize a lot of instrumental rap, uh, instrumental hip hop in like two camps. There's the the beat tape vibe, which is yeah. sick, but it's it's not trying to do necessarily what your instrumental records yeah. are trying to do, where it's it's like here's a few good loops and here's a good chop and that's sick. Um, and that's kind of a collection. A lot of times the songs are shorter too. But then I think of artists like you, I think particularly Flying Lotus is another great example where that's like instrumental hip hop or, you know, instrumental music where it's it's trying to be a little, do a little bit more. doesn't mean it's better or worse, yeah. but it's just trying to do something else. And I find that particularly interesting myself. Well, what you said earlier about like trying to tell a story is like I definitely,
1: especially in my like later, last like five albums, let's say, like there's songs where I'm like definitely trying to tell a story without words. And granted, I might use vocal samples. I mm-hmm. might use like, audio clips and stuff to kind of guide the, the listener's ears. But like, I, I definitely have like, there's songs that have like plots to them in my mind. There's there's songs that have opinions in them. There's songs that have, uh, yeah, like just a story, just a basic story. and uh, And that's kind of fun to do with instrumental music because it's something that's gonna, it's kind of go over the head of a lot of people listening to it just on a casual level it's really a more for me a lot of the time mm. than it is for the listener. And if someone catches on to it, that's cool. But like, uh, it's, I don't know, it kind of keeps it interesting. Like it, it makes everything kind of uh, feel like it goes together better as opposed to just like slapping a bunch of samples on top of each other and um, it's like in an arbitrary sense, you know? And uh, so I always try to do that. I always try to like tell a story because, you know, I have this platform to do that. And, uh, and, and All these beats that need a direction to go.
0: feel is like some of the most important traits for a great producer like for example is it more technical abilities in terms of like how you use your gear certain chopping techniques or is it more intrinsic related to like having a good ear i think i mean
1: i'm biased on this because i'm not technically sound at all but i i'm all ear so like i'm gonna say ear. uh i I think both are incredibly beneficial but i do think when making music that kind of has any emotion to it like you can't be just a technical guy like you have to have something you have to there has to be something in you that that creates this this mood you know or an or your ear that catches things especially as a sampling producer like mm-hmm. an ear that catches things that you know will somehow emote something out of other people uh i like like i said i'm all ear like i don't play instruments i'm my I use Ableton, I know probably like 10% of what it does, but I like work with it. You know, <laughs> and uh, I think that, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of just instinct with me. Like, I mean, I I mean, I've been doing this so long. I just kind of I sit down and make a beat. I can just whip through it without even thinking. And I know and I don't need to I don't question myself. I just kind of go with each idea and follow it till the end. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it is it's it is like hugely instinctual for me and mm-hmm. uh, I think that that does kind of make music that doesn't feel like a robot made it you know
0: yeah I think I think the way I from an outsider as a non-producer I feel like both are obviously important to some degree but I would say the one that is kind of like it's the one you can't learn I think is the good the ear or at least it's the part that's the hardest to get to you can still like listen to a lot of music and like develop a certain taste for sure. But I think one is more important than the other. And I agree with you because like, I can think of, this is a weird example cause it's not even a hip hop song, but, uh, I'm just thinking right now, you know, like Sly and the family stone, like, Just Like a Baby, if you remember that song specifically? I do Not not that song specifically. It's man, on no, no. A, Is There a Riot going on? But just generally, his voice. I heard that right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, his voice is super good, obviously. Yeah, but if I was a hip-hop producer and his, let's say, his vocals were not like that in the actual studio version and they were very clean, which they're not, if they were super clean, technically, like, if I had the, it's important if I had the technical chops to maybe, like, make it more fuzzy and, like, buttery as it actually is, but I feel like you could also just have the ear and find samples that get that kind of sound. And I think that's more important because you can learn to manicure like sounds all you want. But I think the most important thing is like realizing that that's a really good sound. Cause that's like, if I think of that song, his voice is like one of my favorite, that's like one of my favorite songs ever because it's just, I don't know what, how his voice comes across in the mic, but I've never heard anything so like, it's like fake it's almost fake how perfect it like a like low heroin
1: voice he would have like, yeah it's
0: so yeah. raspy it's yeah, yeah, like yeah. oh i Jesus. mean that was the best yeah he did yeah. that. uh i i think that
1: like with with sounds like it's it's about hearing us hearing something and like seeing the potential in it and uh sometimes i'll hear a sample and i'll be like like i like the melody of this but i don't like what it sounds like i like the say it's like like yeah, like a, like flutes come up a lot in my music and like It'll be like a, a corny sounding flute and i'm like well if i put like a guitar amp on this now all of a sudden it's like a guitar sound and but it has the same melody
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it just kind of works better but like it goes both ways you know but but to hear like for me like like the melody of something's really important and then kind of anything beyond that is just me tinkering with it and trying to get the best sound out of it that i can
0: mm-hmm and Uh, based on your social media, I would have to say that you have a pretty wicked sense of humor. Like if I, you're one of the (laughs) best follows, like it's every time I'm on your Twitter or your Instagram, I just don't know where you find this shit. It's like truly like the best depths of the internet you seem to be pulling from. (laughs) And, uh, you seem to have a general charisma that like no offense to other producers out there i don't feel is necessarily the most common characteristic sometimes amongst the the beat no i'm like socially competent yeah yeah (laughs) which
1: is a lot of producers are 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 kind of more um in the house kind of guys yeah i mean i'm i'm like a middle-aged man so i'm not out in the streets really like that anymore but like i i am a social person and i uh i don't i don't uh i don't relate to a lot of music musician headspace stuff like uh like i'm not introverted i'm not um uh i'm not like emo i'm not mm-hmm. i don't know i like like any 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 character characterization you could like put toward musicians or producers like i don't really feel i fit in with that like i'm all, i almost sometimes feel like a jock that's so funny <laughs> in, in, uh, among among uh musicians although granted like with rappers it's different because rappers kind of have a bravado about them but like yeah producers, like, are generally like low-key nice guys. And I am a low-key nice guy, but I but I am also a person that like, I'm, I'm not like scared of conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's funny. That's actually funny you bring that up because like on this topic of your personality and maybe how that plays out in your music, I found mm-hmm. it interesting that you said something in a previous interview that is right in line with what you just said now, which is that you make music that is much more emotional than you actually are as a person. which I was like, "Mm, that is just, again, like you said, not what I would hear. think I would hear from a producer. So like, why do you think the act of creating music unlocks this, like a more emotional side of you than what is otherwise more dormant in your day-to-day life?
1: I mean, you could look at it a couple of ways. It could be, you know, someone, a psychiatrist might be like, hey, maybe that's your way of expressing your emotions is through music. I would say it might be that but it's also kind of goes back to my ear and like what appears to my uh, appeals to my ear and um like i like melodic music i like things in harmony like i don't it's funny i was do you know what fat boy sharif is yeah he's yeah. been on the show three times okay <laughs> so you know, so you know <laughs> yeah.
0: so
1: I was out with sharif the other day and every time we hang out we get these conversations about music and we have incredibly different music tastes like he's, he has he's some like, weird taste in music I've but he likes that. he likes like like kind of like like heavy guitars he likes drone music mm-hmm. and, uh, and he's also like 15 plus years younger than me i think so it's kind of like we're fr- from different generations but like but then he's like you know he also knows a lot about music and he'll be talking about like yeah but you didn't like listen to this and that and i, and I was like no like i don't like i never liked heavy guitar music i don't listen to anything like that and it's a and it's just a funny because it, it doesn't i don't relate to it like like any music music that's kind of like like has one mood to it and that's it the genre that i don't i don't care like I, I just doesn't and i'm not an aggressive uh angsty person so i don't mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't sink in with me and uh yeah i think it my music it's a side of me but it's also a side that like i my friends are like huh <laughs> like anyone who knows me is like you made that like a lot of girls i know have been like i can't believe you made this music <laughs> yeah like, it's in there
0: somewhere i don't know <laughs> that's interesting yeah i yeah, because again, most people, at least, yeah, I would say most people assume that the artists that they're listening to have some kind of personal connection to the type of music they make. Like if, like, take Sharif, yeah, uh, I would imagine that he gets, he can have phases or emotional phases where he really kind of lives out those kind of like darker sides or like harder, oh, sure. aggressive sides, and then also yeah. the more funny shit too, but. Mm-hmm yeah that's that's interesting again it kind of defies my expectations as a listener hearing you say that it's
1: it's been a constant uh like form of disappointment for every fan that's ever met me expecting one thing you know like if they expect me it's kind of like when they find out i don't smoke weed they're like what like it's very like it's they're disappointed because they want to be able to kind of put you in the same group as they are Mm. a lot of people listen to my kind of music are going to be people that like it appeals to in that way. So it's a, I get it, but it's, I'm also like,
0: sorry, I, I, I'm not,
1: <laughs> I'm just not that guy, you know?
0: Yeah. As listeners, I think we always want to, we all have an image of like all of our favorite artists. And it sometimes sucks when it gets broken. Sometimes uh, it's, if it gets broken in this way, you don't smoke weed, like not the yeah. same as someone being like a really shitty person. Like that's the oh, more common yeah. one. That's very
1: different. But I mean, like, it's funny, like, you know, if you listen to Billy Woods music, you think, you probably think he's a very serious like intense person yeah and he's not like that at all no he's like a funny very relaxed easygoing person who's very reasonable and like he's like he's very like 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 woods is just like a chill guy you know what i mean but his music is would make you think like be terrified to talk to him <laughs> depending on where you stand but uh you yeah. know you never know you never know i mean people are people are definitely different than their than their music characters i guess
0: i feel like honestly that you say that i think a lot When i think of it all of the backwards artists i've met in person whether it be a conversation or more than that all of them are very social like quite social like if i put them on a spectrum they're on the very social side of like normal people uh like sharif akai woods so on like it's interesting now you you're saying that as well that's interesting maybe it's just
1: the new the new underground (laughs)
0: like
1: people you know i like i feel like the people of like the early 2000s were some were social but some weren't it weren't weren't comfortable in in notoriety and or or just being surrounded by people all the time i mean you know it's people have anxieties and stuff like that but yeah these the the backwards guy doesn't that guys don't really fit that mold
0: you know? yeah i feel like a lot of the indie scene these days i just get this general feeling that like people seem to be friends with each other like yeah. on a oh, way yeah. that i don't like You know, it's Mm the less standoffish, confrontational, more like let's build together type thing. Yeah, which is much better and healthier for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, getting into these collab uh, rap Mm -hmm. records you've created in your career, I know you said previously that you have a fairly defined taste for what you like in Mm -hmm. music and where you can clearly tell when a rapper is someone you want to collaborate with or not. So could you elaborate on that thought more in terms of the kind of characteristics you look for in a rap collaborator? it's, it is kind of intuitive, I gotta say, like, like,
1: I'll, I can hear like four bars from a rapper and know kind of the, the the ceiling of how I'm going to feel about them. And sometimes it's like, what is this? I need to hear everything about this person. Sometimes it's like, that person's obviously very good at rapping, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it doesn't like nothing about it draws me in. And sometimes it's like, this person is weird and fucked up. But like, I'm intrigued by this, you know, and uh, like, I mean, for me, like, originality is important cleverness is important and uh it i don't know it's it's hard to explain because like i know it when i know it you know and and i and i'm so like i've been listening to rap for so long and like i'm i am jaded to a point where like you know you kind of make quick assumptions about people when you hear them for the first time but i I will say that like i'm rarely have been wrong about those assumptions (laughs) like -hmm. when i go back someone's like you love this guy i was like i tried i don't know and i go back i'm like nah it's just it's not for me uh, but but another part about getting older is that you realize that, like, something not being for you doesn't mean it's bad. It's just, yeah. not, for you, you know, and like that's I don't think the Internet has caught up with that concept yet. I don't know <laughs> if
0: they ever will. I don't, Honestly.
1: It, it would be a better place if they did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Is there anything about like because you said that earlier about, you know, you have to be a little more conscious about fucking with the the tempos and the rhythms and stuff when it's rapping when you're producing a beat that's for a rapper on it. Mm-hmm. Uh is there anything about the kinds of flows or deliveries that of a rapper that you feel like works best with you? Like do they have to have a certain level of, like versatility or uh no I mean no I don't think there's any particular type of flow
1: that really like fits with my music. I mean like I I, I think that like my my beats are are tend to be like melodic and and busy at the same time with but without being like overwhelmingly busy like they're not busy like like a abrasive busy yeah Yeah. they're not abrasive busy they're like there's just a lot of shit going on you know and uh and uh i think a rapper's voice has to be able to cut through that like you can't really come on my one of my beats with like an unsure voice you know (laughs) that's (laughs) a good point but uh but then again i i you know i'm also very particularly about who i get beats to so like i always if, I, if i'm working with the rappers because i want to work with them uh you know i haven't done freelance beat selling in like 15 years you know like maybe more so uh yeah i don't i, I don't know it's hard to say but i think the, any rapper i pick i, I assume is going to work out fine on one of my beats you know
0: yeah and calling kind of going to like the the overall landscape of hip hop now, I think personally it's in a fantastic spot. I think Absolutely. it's so varied. It's experimental for sure, but there's it just scratches so many itches because you have like this drumless thing, this wave, which I do like for sure. Then you have just some like really weird people uh, like playing with rhythms and things like that. And then you have some more conventional stuff, but just updated and cool. What's your take on the current landscape of hip hop production? Like, do you feel it's trending in a good direction?
1: I think it's fine. I think that like it. It's always well, I think everything's going to come in cycles like drums are going to like, I, I have, a, I, have I think that hard boom bap drums are going to come back in on like a pop rap level. Like, I think that like, I've heard a couple songs where I'm like, huh. Oh, wow. Like interesting. Like, like, uh, like, I don't know if break beats really, but like, like kick snare, not trap kit like I, it's going to be back. It's going to be back. And, and and then that will trickle down to the underground. And and I think it's going to, you know, it's going to change a lot for, um, you know, producers who just don't use drums much. And the things I like, I like a lot of the no drum stuff. I think it is a copycat league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think a lot of it has trickled down from the alchemists, you know, the alchemists and, uh, and Rock Marciano and those guys, like the people who I think of as like the, Guys who really start or car too, like like yeah. like guys who like started really started that in the underground scene. And now uh and there's a lot of producers that just like loop with no drums. And again, like I'm a sampler, I can never fault someone for looping something. And I come from the era when that was what beats were. There's a loop and a break beat, done. Do I think it's lazy? Yeah. <laughs> Do I think it makes bad music? No. <laughs> so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like I, I I'd say that um for producers like that, I, I I I question what their longevity will be, uh, unless they they can adapt and, and learn to pick up these things. But uh, but to go, but to go back to the the about how hip hop production is going, I think it's like it's it's really interesting. I think a lot of like there like what you said, there's so many variations of everything right now, and there's it's not like there's a space for everything. Like a, a fan will like all those things. Where I think 20 years ago. Uh, people really stood their ground and were like, I only like this, you know, like, I only like, 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 like me putting RxK nephew on my album, for instance, like 15 years ago there that people would have been like, what is, what is this? I hate this, you know? And like, and now it's like, you got like, you know, Aesop fans being like, huh, this is interesting. And like, that's, that's progress right there. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and I think with production, it works the same way. I think that people were shitting on the drumless style for a while. They kind of come around to it. And then you see like Drake has drumless rap songs now.
0: He is. He, I don't know if you, I mean, it just dropped the same day as your record yesterday that he had like a scary hours edition of his like, yeah. latest album. I, I, I
1: checked out the, I checked out some. There, and he, has, he has
0: another conductor beat and an alchemist yeah. beat. And I'm just like, I was thinking of that when you said, yeah. I feel like it's coming back in the mainstream. Cause like, that those conductor beats weren't the fucking weird ass. They were just like very like beautiful sample, but basic kicks and drums. And I'm like, yeah, hmm, yeah, hmm, interesting. And Drake's but, on that wave, but the
1: fact, but the fact that a guy like Drake even has his ear to the streets like that, or maybe his producers do.
0: No, he likes pray. He 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 yeah. on two different occasions posted on a story pray for Haiti shit. That's when it awesome. dropped. Didn't he? Yeah. Didn't he
1: post Arm and Hammer too, or something, or
0: was it just just Mac I think it was, I mean, I'm sure he's pro- not, I don't think Arm and Hammer, but Ma Kami, he did it twice for Pray for Haiti. And I remember people were like, what the fuck? His monthly yeah. listeners literally like doubled like <laughs> on Spotify and shit as soon as that happened. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think what you're saying about RXK, it actually made me think of a different point, but same, like using him as an example that like, I think nowadays in the current landscape of production in hip hop, like there's in the indie scene I feel like it's so much more diverse like if I take the mid-2000s I don't know of it there being this really burgeoning wave of kind of more hardcore quote-unquote like working in the like the realms of trap in the indie scene like there was at the mainstream level yeah like with TIs and shit like that but like young Jeezy but I think now there's just such a molding like a melding melting pot of sounds where like you can have an indie version or like an indie scene of like all the music that is super popular and very obscure. Like it's kind of all there.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that kind of also reflects just how people listen to music now. Like it's uh, as much as like society is homogenized in a lot of ways, like there's no slang, there's no regional slang anymore. Really. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there is an open-mindedness that people have now that they didn't have a while back. And I feel like they, people like will embrace it. Like, like I have like a, a neighbor who lives upstairs this girl is like 30 years old and like I'm you know she listens to whatever 30 year olds listen to <laughs> and she and she like messaged me after my album she's like I love uh she likes one of the songs my album and I was like huh because it's like you know I didn't think she listened to that kind of music period but it's kind of like interesting like it's a like you never know like the, I think that there's a younger generation that are just they generally do have an open mind and are, are kind of they'll listen they'll listen to an Andre 3000 flute album and then Put on a fucking you know a a Doja Cat song and then yeah, and then go to like a you know
0: like an underground like you know Billy Woods song like it, like it, there's no it's rhyme the playlist in. generation that that uh, that is interesting yeah it's because yeah. people don't like. Yeah, they, there's not these associations that you have where you're like, oh, I'm from this place, so I need to like listen to this music or it's, I'm like a nerd or I'm a weirdo. We picked sides hard back in the
1: day. And like, not mm-hmm. even on, like not even like East Coast, West Coast, but like the underground versus mainstream was like a big, big deal in like the late 90s or 2000s. Mm-hmm. You're just like, fuck those guys. And then a couple of years later, you're like, some of that shit was really good. <laughs> you know, I remember like
0: realizing that Mace was kind of good. And I was like, huh, mm-hmm.
1: shit. <laughs> I really should. Have, I should listen to Mace more when I was when he was out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. You're right. That is so different because uh, I feel like a lot of times in my personal life, whenever I tell people that are not like music heads, about like, oh, I like this kind of music. They all assume that I fucking hate mainstream music. They're like, yeah. oh, so you don't like Future and Drake. I'm like, no, I actually really like a lot of Future music, a lot of Drake music, yeah. big Kanye fan. Like, I'm not I can like everything. People yeah. still need to kind of understand it's a real thing uh that's i i deal with that a lot
1: especially yeah just people who are like oh you like well especially when you're trying to explain your your taste in music to people who have like who are like maybe like five steps away from knowing any artist that you really love yeah uh, i mean like you know kanye you know they know the mainstream yeah. you're talking about underground acts it's just like some guy at my gym i was talking he, he was talking about like eminem i was like Ugh. and he and he's like what what are you listening to? i was like i listen to like underground stuff he's like like what and i was like uh like what are i, I know struggling? i have
0: that same size like i don't you don't know them i'm not trying to be pretentious but you don't and it's okay just like like you go there you go down a list you're like well have you, okay you know kendrick you're okay have you heard
1: schoolboy q all right have you heard that and then like until Earl, you're, maybe Earl. you're yeah. getting ASAP you yeah. rock asap rocky no ASAP rock like and you go down this list until you reach the stuff that you're actually listening to like crazy you know it's it's a it's it's like talking to an old lady on a plane <laughs> it's like no different than that to me
0: i i use i use falling out the sky as my gateway to tell people that i really like this group arm and hammer and like yeah. lucid woods and i'm like hey you like you like tyler the creator right yeah, yeah so he you know like odd future right earl earl and they yeah. might they, some people know earl mckay like, hey, they he's on this song check it out yeah. like it's my only way of like trying to get you because otherwise i'm not even going to try like get to it when you get to it man you need your gateway and like and like you gotta like kind of
1: like walk them through it very gingerly yeah yeah what is, <laughs> but i you know like if, like if i played like like my you know my own camp friday i was like at at the gym with a this this dude the, and i was talking to him about it and he's like oh your album he doesn't know anything about my music and he's like a mainstream guy you know he's like a guy that's like gets really excited over like j cole releases mm-hmm. and stuff. I no no problem j cole whatever but yeah. like no, it's not my world. I don't give a shit. And he's like, well, what is your shit like? And I'm like, ah, I don't think <laughs> you really like it. that." I was like, eh. I was like, I was trying to think of a song I could point him to. I was like, there's not a single song I could really point you to on this one. That we'll- <laughs> house, But, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah. Give a
0: Feeling proceed. Thought, all. gather, speech. Out the mouth, speak i'm in the house i'm out in the street i'm about it i week if i'm shouting or howling i need a week i need a month it's never enough a certain urgency words fail to keep the candle lit i run with who i ran it with the clash burst planets man panic oh, people pass peace. give me ease giving thanks reaching back blessed be for my seed for your seed okay let's get to this new album uh so when this new record the Ox, was first announced by backwoods through their They're like great email blasts. Woods wrote like this very heartfelt passage about the importance you've played in his career where he said like, and I quote, when Blockhead hit me up out of the clear blue that same year saying that he wanted to work on something, it it was a meaningful moment for me. So before getting into this new album specifically, I wanna rewind a bit and know more about how we got here in the first place and how you linked up with the now exec producer of this latest album so like what did you see in woods that inspires you to like reach out out of the blue as he said and invariably begin this very fruitful relationship
1: um i i was like i'm admittedly it wasn't early on woods like i i I heard first heard him with the cowardly threats mixtape which came out right before history will absolve me i think like it, it was like so it was around that era it's a name he's a name i'd seen for a long time on like rap message boards and then there's this one I used to post on this rap message board and like this guy whose taste I aligned with heavily kept posting about Billy Woods. And I was like, huh. And I, you know, it, when I seen him early in like the tooth you know, the early aughts, like mid 2005, 2007. I kind of aligned him with just like oh it's just another underground rapper whatever and i and i did, just didn't pay attention because it, it, it was so overwhelming how many underground rappers there were back then and like they were mostly shitty so i just was not <laughs> I, I wasn't couldn't be bothered to like so i so i delved into this guy's post and i and i downloaded cowley threats and i was immediately like oh this guy's interesting and like he didn't sound like anything else he had a really great voice and he had, and he and his writing was fantastic so i was like pretty cool and then i kind of put two and two together and realized he knew uh nasa um who was a nasa i mean besides being an artist he also mixed a lot of the early deaf jokes albums Mm. So nasa and i and he nasa worked by my house and i'd often run into him like on my block and i ran into him on my block and i was like hey you know billy woods right he's like he's like yeah yeah i was like what's what's his deal like is he you know like (laughs) He's, he's like, oh yeah, dude, he'd be psyched for to to work with you. And, and I I think I must I don't remember exactly what how it happened, but I think he gave me his email, and I hit him up, and and that was that. And we just started chatting. I sent the beats. He's like, we're working an EP, and that slowly like snowballed. Like, well, let's make a whole album. uh And we got together, and we hit it off on a, just a human level. uh You know, like I talked to him on the phone, and be like ten minutes of music talk, and then like an hour of arguing about basketball and and like (laughs) and like life stuff yeah we just you know like we hit it off and uh which I gotta say like in the in the rap world in my life like like while I am a social being I've never been one to really envelop myself in the in the rap scenes that I was a part of like even like during the Jeff's Jeff joke stuff I'd be around but I had my own friends I hung out with them and like we went out and they're very separate I haven't like you know met a ton of rappers where so I'm like oh you're my friend friend like like you're a person i would hang out with if rap didn't exist and I, I would say woods was one of the people that i when i was like oh like this is a person i actually like genuinely like and like like enjoy being around so yeah it pretty much just started there and then we made dour candy and uh and I was i mean that's from there it just kind of went on yeah you know?
0: yeah that that's that's really interesting i I did hear i did remember you mentioned nasa in that post too about being a key kind of conduit to make that happen yeah, and so, you know, getting to the record itself now, I'm reminded of two things when I think about the Ox. I'm reminded of something I read that you said in an interview, which was interesting, I'll get to, and you've talked about your formula a few times, but I'm reminded of the intro to Gangstar's Moment of Truth, where Guru says that uh, they updated their formulas. Uh- <laughs> and I feel personally, in recent years with your music, particularly like from Garbology onward, I feel like there's like not really something entirely completely different. You're changing your sound or anything, but I feel like you're updating your formulas or tweaking things a bit where I feel like there's a certain force and impact to these beats, particularly with like the drums, the bass lines that just feel bigger or like, yeah, more different. And I feel that really hard on this new album on songs like fucking give thanks, which Mm -hmm. If you guys if you have not listened to this on like a good setup (laughs) holy shit when elusive goes like yeah and then the beat draw like the bass draws it's like good god that shit is killer um yeah i just feel like there's like a nice like creative breath it feels very you feel very reinvigorated on the Mm -hmm. so can you just dive into like the musical direction you wanted to take the sound on this album
1: uh, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I'm aware of any of these changes, like, like okay, this might years of, of evolution. And, uh, cause a lot, you know, the thing about making a project like this or really working with rappers at all is like, I'm giving them a folder of beats that could range from a beat I made yesterday to a beat I made four years ago. And like, they're picking the beats. Like some of these beats are years old. Some are slightly newer, but for the most part, like, yeah, like it, it's kind of a fucked up timeline of, of trying to figure out what beat came where, you know, like it's possible there's like a seven year old beat on that. I don't know. Like it's possible. I'd have to like literally sit down and look at it. But uh, I would say that the well, first of all, like the reason it sounds the way it does is is I would say Willie Green had a lot to do with that. He he mixed the shit out of that album and, and he made like the drums, for instance, the bass like he really he really zeroed in and and, and got it sounding right. Um, but uh, a, but for an album like this, a lot of it is like what the 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 beats that the rappers picked. And uh and I was talking to someone, this friend of mine who like really loves the Mississippi, the Aesop song. And she likes kind of upbeat stuff. And she's like, she's like, yeah, I kind of, you know, I, I want like more upbeat stuff. I was like, well, rappers don't pick upbeat beats. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they pick, they pick slow, kind of menacing, dark beats. And that this album is a perfect example of that. Like half of it is like dark slow beats yeah i mean not all of it i mean but but it's a but and those are kind of conducive to like bass and drums that hit hard and yeah i i just think it's it's kind of like like if i was to reimagine this album and i gave rappers the beats i i would have picked for them it probably would have been a different album but i don't know if it would have been better interesting (laughs) you know i i feel that maybe you know, letting rappers pick their own beats kind of benefits the song because they, because that's what grabbed them. Like they're, you know, if you're if you're writing, I used to rap, I used to write, and if you hear a beat that makes you want to write, it's going to make for a better rhyme than being like, here's a beat, rap on it, and people are like, all right, I guess I'll rap on this piece of shit. You know, <laughs> so uh I think at the end of the day, it kind of benefited everything, but. But I would say like the mixing and the 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 beats the rappers picked, granted, I did change two beats entirely that were picked, uh because I just didn't like the original beats or or like one file got eroded, and I was like, oh, well, and I and I didn't love the beat anyway, so I was like happy to change it <laughs> but uh, but outside of that, yeah, it's just rappers picked the beats they like and they they had good taste.
0: <laughs> okay, that's not actually what I thought was the way this was conceived. I imagined it was you sending. Beats that you like, maybe a, maybe not one, but maybe a like a small set to the rappers you wanted to work with, and then they they recorded to the one they like. That's interesting that you let the rappers kind of take the wheel here. You're not wrong, and that's I mean that is what I mean. I would send them a folder like it would maybe be like twelve to fifteen beats. Okay, it's not I you may I thought it was more like yeah. they just had the pick of the litter from like no 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 yeah I I would pick beats I'm like I mean I definitely like push
1: them in a direction, but but there are a couple of rappers that that were like, do you have another folder? so mm-hmm. that's another folder uh but no i would send them beats that i felt matched their their vibe well and then they pick from there the only one that i kind of pushed was for aesop to do mississippi i mean he picked the beat he was choosing between that and another beat and i was like do that one because like i have no upbeat songs on this album and like this sounds like a 1991 song and that'd be pretty cool if you did that <laughs> and he made like a song that legit sounds like it could be on an album from 1991 which, mm-hmm. which is like which and but also sounds good at the same time like i was really happy with that one
0: okay interesting so it's yeah it's i guess is that why it's called the ox because it's like what the rappers you love wanted to hear in a way well i mean you could you could spin it that way if you want (laughs) i I think i mean it's called the ox because it is
1: like it's someone just playing their taste you know like it's this is this is me putting i i'm controlling the ox and this is what i'm playing for people uh might clear the room (laughs) no one's gonna dance but but if we're in a car, it, it'll be all right, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so you kind of touched on this earlier, like there weren't any necessarily new production techniques or sounds that you like employed on this record. It's mostly just uh, the Willie green mixing is kind of maybe the different. I mean, again, like
1: to... if there are, it's nothing I would be, I was that aware of. Cause like, I'm just always making beats and the beats that got picked got picked. And like there were, I mean, there were, you know like uh like the aau tournaments beat is like not a typical me sounding beat i don't i mean like i think it's like it's a loop with some weird like slowing down effects and stuff like that like i was trying something different on that but you know that's just that just happens you know i just tried it it's not not like i need seven beats like that i just did one and i was like all right here we go that's that's that one and i was really happy they picked that beat too because i wanted that i wanted someone to rap on that one yeah, no, I don't, you know, I didn't get more equipment. I didn't change what I use. I didn't change my process really. Just kind of, I guess my ear, my ear changes over time. Like what I, what I'm drawn to, to sample and like how the layers work and all that kind of stuff and what drums I'm using, all that kind of stuff. And that, that, that's all just like subtle evolution
0: that right. I'm, I'm not aware of, you know? And so how did, how did Billy Woods' presence as an exec producer shape or influence how this album? Ended up turning out uh he he well he helped me get a lot of the rappers to be, to be
1: on it because he has different connections than i do he also helped me come up with uh with good you know pairings like he he came up with the well him and navy blue uh he the fat boy sharif and 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 creature Creech, i want to say oh the the shrapnel and, and uh def c oh yeah that was so and good. uh I want to say, I don't know who came up with the casual, the casual Bruin one was just like, kind of like, we we're both like, Ooh, we can do that. <laughs> and, and that one worked out. And the Aesop and Bruin one, he had, he had an idea for the Aesop and Bruin one. He wanted to get Bruin on it twice. He wanted to get uh, Bruiser Wolf on it twice. Like, you know, he just kind of was like, collect all these things and then we can kind of put them all together. And uh, But yeah, you know, he, he, he definitely was a huge hand in molding the album and, and, just getting all these people that I otherwise couldn't have gotten on my own.
0: I think the pairings that you guys ended up landing on were like really good. I think of the one like Mike Eagle and Koreatown Oddity. Yeah, that was that was his idea.
1: That was Woods' idea.
0: That as soon as I heard it, I was like, I never realized how like spiritually connected those two are. Like they have that super eccentric style, and they have a comedic flair that's just like really natural and fun. Like. I mm-hmm. never thought how great of a combo. Now I'm like, they should make a fucking album together. Yeah, like, yeah, no. Maybe... Well, and
1: they also they were they knew each other. They're friends. They mm-hmm. were friends before this even started. So like, it was kind of one of those things. Like, oh, we've never you've never done a song together. Do a song, <laughs> you know. And, and when I, it
0: came to the lyrics, that and like kind of like yeah, the, the performances from the rappers. Like, did you provide any guidance on like the tone or like lyrical direction that you wanted them to take, or you just let them do their thing?
1: I I generally let rappers do what they're gonna do.
0: Like, I don't think I've ever been like do it again <laughs> to, to a rapper. I mean I got
1: I was fortunate to to get good performances out of everyone. But uh no, I, I pretty much just you know, let them do it and then I I I deal with the rest of it. But uh I mean I know that like when they're doing AAU tournaments, I think uh Navy Blue had something written already, then he heard Wood he heard Woods was was his verse and then he was like, "Oh, I got to write my verse over again." Which is like the best thing ever. I love, like, I like the competitive rap. Like, he, like that's
0: all, one of his best features, period.
1: It, it is, like, I honestly, like, it low key is one of my favorite verses on the whole album. I mean, Woods' verse is incredible, but I, I guess I'm so used to working with Woods that, like, nothing surprises me anymore. Mm. <laughs> but when I take a step away and listen to that, that verse, I'm like, it's crazy. But, but Navy Blue, Navy Blue fucking killed that shit. And, like, I was, I was so psyched when I got that verse and and you can like listen to it over and over again it's it's really it's really
0: good and you know so you have some amazing features here from usual suspects that weren't surprising necessarily Mm -hmm. um when I saw the track listing you got one of I have to say I think the best Quelly Quelly Chris feature I've ever heard I Um, straight up it's that like that is just some of his like most like toughest raps like he's really like flexing him like his like oh my god it's so good it's Uh, it's, you know you know it's funny you bring it up because
1: uh when I sent him he picked the beat and I was like huh interesting all right because I I was like it didn't sound like a Quelly crisp beat to me yeah and uh and and, but with him I had no idea what I was gonna get like he could have sang on it he could like he could have done anything he wanted to but he came back with just he just kind of barred out (laughs) and I was like oh shit he made like a he made like a like a shit talking rap song (laughs) on this and i was i was very excited to hear it because i like i kind of look i kind of wanted i wanted him to do that you know and uh it's not and and it's it's not something he does a lot so it was it was a so it felt kind of cool to have that on my album be like oh i got the one where he's really popping shit
0: yeah his Quelle chris shit talking is like really special and yeah like you said it's not always he's in that bag he's a lot of times more like introspective or funny or all that stuff but man when he does that i feel like it's easily one of like the most authentic feeling and like energizing kind of rappers when i hear them like really just like flex and like pound their chest because it's like mm-hmm. yes yes man you really are that guy like there's no yeah. one like you like he, like, he was at a wood show the other that the
1: uh, arm and hammer show the other night and he had a camcorder like a little like handheld camcorder he was just, like walking around filming everyone i was like damn you got a camcorder <laughs> he's, he's a funny he's a really funny guy he's really
0: funny And and so you linked up, like I said, with some usual suspects, but then there's also some people that not only are new to working with you, um, but are, I I feel, pretty new to a lot of your fans that typically go to your music. And I think you had said somewhere, I think maybe it was with Us Weekly, a recent interview where you said like one of the desired effects you wanted with this record were to challenge some of your fans to get them exposed to different styles of rap. So talk to me about like kind of what you wanted to do with that.
1: Okay, if I can just address that USA, uh, the, the US weekly article, because I've i noticed a, a little kickback about me, the term, me saying challenge my fans, people are like, because they're like, there's nothing challenging about this. It's just like, it's rap. it's good rap. I'm like, that's not what I meant. I meant like, like putting someone like, you know, to someone who's a nice ASAP, a hardcore ASAP fan, hardcore ASAP fans are very specific types of people. And like, they are, they're, they love ASAP. And, and I mean, they love other music too. But like, they are, they, they've got a, yes. they don't have a wide scope sometimes, sometimes. And I, and maybe that's just me thinking back to the deaf jokes days. Cause that like those, no one more blinders about music more than deaf jokes fans. <laughs> uh, so like when you put someone like Bruiser Wolf on an album, or you put someone like RxK nephew on an album, that's, it's not that they're challenging their intelligence or something, <laughs> it's, it's, it's challenging. Like what you can grasp about like this, like different types of rap. Like someone like RSK Nephew, if you listen to that just in a in a kind of a, a glance, you can be like, what the fuck is this? Like what the like what is he talking about? You know, like I I could see someone doing that, but if you really sit down and listen to it, it's fucking hilarious. Like he is, he is one of the funniest rappers of all time. And Bruiser Wolf uh is also one of the funniest rappers of all time. But like their styles are so not typical to what I think that side of the fan base is into that when I say challenge, it's like no, like, I want you to sit down and like, and like ingest this and understand it. Like what makes this good instead of being like, uh I don't like what he's talking about pimping. Fuck that. It's dumb. <laughs> you know, like, like I like that, that's my most hated cop out for any rap fan. They're like, I don't believe they're talking about this thing. I don't like, I'm like then you are missing the point of all the other facets of what makes a rapper good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cleverness, like, like uh, creativity, voice, flow, all these things, they are, they all make rappers special, you know? And, uh, so when I said challenge, I meant I meant like in that sense. Not I'm surprised not... that you got blown. I thought that was super obvious. Like that's seemed minimal... very clear. I, I, I read it like two or three. I mean, listen, as I've been on the internet all day yesterday. So that's so, good. The album just dropped. You know, this that, is November 18th today. So yeah. But uh, but um it it wasn't a major like, oh, how dare he say that. It was it was more just like, I don't see what's so challenging about this. And I'm like, well, that's good. That means it's, yeah. I'm not talking about you then. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm like, I, I consider myself super open-minded with music. But even when I first heard Bruiser Wolf's uh uh Don't Gabe Stupid, I think that's yeah. 2021, if I'm not mistaken. I definitely didn't really, really like it until last yeah. year, like a hundred percent, maybe even early this year, because it just was so weird. And yeah. I was trying, I heard all my and I had all the what do you call like social what's the, I don't know what the social currency around it. I'm not, there's no, I'm not writing the term. A lot of people I respect loved him. So it's like, I had all of that validation to say, this is good, but I still just like, "Eh, it's fine. I just think it's a little too weird for me. RXK, I would say that one hit me pretty immediately. But even then, like I've only recently started like saying like, I'm a big fan over the past, like probably in 2023. And man yeah i I totally don't think this is easy listening for people that like and that are just really into Aesop rock or like really into uh I don't know maybe someone like uh like like even some of the backwoods guys, but uh yeah, it's just very obviously different and I think that's cool that they're put on the same record as all these other people
1: but and also counter to that, like um like when I say the word challenging, like if you're like a regular like like talking to the guy at the gym. Like this album would challenge the shit out of him because there's no, like, there's maybe like three or four verses that are like normal rapping verses, you know, like like where where it's like, oh, this guy's rapping how rappers rap, like like, and even those are like they are all have
0: quirks and are kind of interesting. Yeah. There's no yeah like Breeze no Bruin. Breeze Bruin's like, it Breeze somewhat or, normal, but he's not like. I mean, like
1: Ugly Frank raps fairly. You know, he's 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 not yeah. uh, you know, he, he 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 could you could play him for like a Jay Cole fan and Jay Cole fan be like, oh, okay like I see I get it uh but you know you play Kwele his voice will throw them off you play Aesop there's be what the fuck is it you know you play uh I mean Woods like that stuff is challenging to people who aren't more informed or about about what the underground stuff sounds like you know it it means challenging it's challenging in different ways you know (laughs) and uh but I also I you know I don't I don't really expect there's like a large swath of rap fans who I I think just hears this stuff and it's like ah, it's too much. Like I, uh, it's I don't want to I don't want to think that much when I listen to music. And I get it. Like I've gotten older. I'm just like yeah. Like <laughs> I want to I want things to simplify. I was also going to say that like about Bruiser Wolf, that uh, if you like I'm a big Sugar Free fan, and uh and like if you were, if you had heard Sugar Free and then heard Bruiser Wolf, you'd be like immediately. I was like yup. I was like this is like the next version of that. Like it's like a more like it's like a mellow sugar free.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I definitely see right.
1: it. Yeah. Uh but uh but I but I also yeah, I get people's apprehension about when they hear like a style like that, they're like, what is going on here? Like it's like a pimp talking,
0: you know. I mean, I feel like the this albums like this are, are like in my in my hope are moving the overton window of like what's acceptable or what what is like cool in in like this scene of rap because we're talking about RXK, we're talking about Bruiser Wolf. Fat Boy Sharif's on this album and like yeah. we didn't name him because I feel now in the past year so many people that like the kinds of artists we really fuck with like Sharif's become like a staple now he's becoming like, a, like way more widely appealing which is hilarious because it's fucking he makes some super strange music too and I just love that I love is, that
1: I mean to step back from everything he is the weirdest rapper on this album like like without question Sharif is the most out there rapper Like the music he's putting out is like it's like free jazz rap. It's like fucking. It's like really like there's no one else has make stuff like what Shree is doing. Mm So like he's his and it is funny. Like it is funny that like his I love how he's been accepted in the way that he has. I I am surprised in many ways because Mm -hmm, for sure people are kind of tight tight about stuff you know about about really avant garde rap, but he's he's kind of found his way in there and he's you know he's he's doing all sort and every album will get crazier and crazier like I, I'm doing a project with him and uh it's out there for me for him it's like probably the more middle middle of the road stuff. <laughs> but for me it's weird like a like a full-on collaborative album yeah yeah, yeah. We, oh, we have, oh. we're we doing it we're doing a project together I don't know I mean when, okay. when, it, when it will come out remains to be seen but we've got we've got a good amount of stuff done
0: okay Shit. I actually truly did not know that that is interesting <laughs> okay okay um so you know, one of these features we talked about now a few times, this uh, very unhinged RxK Nephew, this yeah. feature is gas. Like, this <laughs> is, I think, my favorite song. on the A lot record. of
1: people saying that, which is kind of interesting to me.
0: Yeah, like, uh, you gave him the perfect beat. That shit feels like you're, like, in space. And those are some, like, the funniest, funniest bars. I mean, he's always funny, but this is, like, he really gave you, like, some of his A1 stuff. So, yeah. talk to me specifically about how this feature came to be, because I understand it was a bit of a bit of an interesting process.
1: Well, so if you follow RxK, like he doesn't do it anymore, but you know, a year or two ago, he would literally be like, doing features for 70 bucks, hit me up. And one day he was like, I'm doing features, like if you want features, hit me up. And I just, and I and I was started making this album, I was like, I'll get an know, I'll, I'll I'll ask him. And I was like, what's up? And he's like, yeah, just, you know, cash at me this money and I'll record it. And I was like, all right. I was like, and I was like, "Do you want to hear beats?" He's like, "No, just send me a beat." I was like, "All right." <laughs> so I, I sent him a beat. It took him like two days to get it back to me. He recorded it somewhere in Brooklyn, I think, and the 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 quality was just horrific. Like, <laughs> I mean, like the, it, it's not his fault. Like, whoever he he found some random guy to record him in Brooklyn, and like the dude didn't didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Like, like the levels were all terrible. Like, I had to kill. A ton of the background vocals. Uh, Willie Green made that song even possible. Like I remember getting back, like I don't know if we can use this because he he's he's peaking all over the place. Yeah, Willie Green just worked some crazy magic. And even though, like, like if you listen to it, like the vocals, still sound wild on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it works. It works in the context. And we did like effects and stuff that kind of made it all even out. But uh, yeah, and like and like even getting the vocals from the engineer was a pain in the ass because the guy like he, like he didn't know how to do things. I was like can you send me the vocals and he'd be like send them with the beat and i'm like no no i need the soloed vocals so i, d- I was like you know dming him on instagram and i'm getting all this stuff until <laughs> eventually i got it and uh and then you know finally once and i and i told green before we mixed the album I'm like listen the overall this is gonna be a pretty easy album to mix but this song is gonna be your life's work <laughs> 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 this song is gonna be really test your your knowledge and he came back and i with 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 the mix and i was like wow I mean, he 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 cleaned it up. Like no one will ever know how much work he must have done yeah. to make that sound good. And uh and like I had to remove certain like the uh the the Homer Simpson dough and the ah you can like I I I plugged those in there because the way he said them were so loud it peaked. And I just I was like, I can't have it made no sense. So I so I put those in there to make that work. But uh but yeah, but it but it, you know it still is like authentic to his. To RxK Nephew, you know, like it, it's like I I kind of couldn't ask for a better thing, especially because he kind of disses my beat a little bit, and I, which I love because I, I I I thought about giving him a boom bat beep just so he just dissed me the whole time because I thought that'd be really funny. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, give him this. Wait, what does he uh, say about the piece? Like this beats long, like, he's like,
1: This beats mad long, trying to tell the energy, engineer to hurry up. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> no, this this beat long as fuck. trying to tell the engineer to hurry yeah. up. But the funniest thing about it is that, like, you know, I gave him this beat I didn't particularly make it that long for any reason I was just like oh you know he'll rap and then he'll stop and I'll have the thing yeah. I need but he rapped from beginning to end like he like he he literally just was like like he like that he like I give him the beat he's like oh okay so I go from beginning to end yeah yeah <laughs> and he just goes and he he raps for four and a half five minutes nonstop, and it's a it's pretty awesome <laughs> I
0: was very happy with it very happy with it last point on the features here like other than i guess the rxk nephew one like this is a patron question from jarvis he asked what collabs that ended up on here caught you off guard the most like were you surprised at how any of the linkups ended up or uh ended up sounding uh huh. well I mean, the navy blue verse
1: was the biggest like pleasant spread like where i was like oh shit this is and the quelle song i mean like like I, not that I had low expectations for either of those guys, but like I didn't expect what they gave me and in the best possible way. I mean, actually getting Despot to rap was nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, everything else, you know, everything else seemed like it fell into place as it should have. But uh, yeah, those and, you know, K being on it was just fun. <laughs> It's a fun thing to have exist. Uh, no, but there, there was nothing that I was like, I can't believe this happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, getting Danny Brown on it was a shock. And like, kind of got out, I snuck it out at the last minute. And because uh, I don't know him personally, but uh, that that was like a really, that that was like the the last thing I, I was like, I need this fucking thing, this one thing. Like it was going to be Danny Brown or Zach Fox. And I was like, I need one of those ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, and I got and Danny and Danny did it. And I gotta I got I gotta thank him for it. <laughs> Cause
0: yeah, he, it's interesting that a lot of these features like and, and dropped an album the same day as you. Yeah, the yeah. RXK, Danny Brown. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah who knew?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's the last day
1: of the cycle, the November seventeenth, because no for one Grammys and stuff. No, for for whatever reason, apparently I've been told by record industry people that December is just a dead zone for for record releases. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, so this is probably the last moment everyone was like, oh, we got to get this out now. And so that's so worked out. You know, mm-hmm. but that's why there were so many albums came out that day, I think.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, what, what would you say is your favorite song you have to choose? Uh, Probably AAU tournaments. But uh, Poppy Seeds has a special
1: place in my heart, because at first I thought it was going to be a debacle. Like when i got it I, I like i had a different beat on there and i was like this isn't working and then i switched the beat and did all the stuff around it and it made everything make sense and now it's like it's the the the, the whole song is just a vibe now like it was like it's a very like you know it's, it's a lot of its chorus like it's a weird yeah. structure. like he sent me a really weirdly structured song and i was kind of like i don't know how to make this kind of work and then when i found the new beat i was like ah and, and then it, it all kind of lined up and now it's like when it comes on it's the one i want to listen to the most
0: but I think I think all in all, I think A A U tournaments is probably my favorite. I think that was such a good first track too as a choice. Yeah. Was the sequencing mainly your kind of, your kind of uh, taking the direction? I know Woods is a big sequence guy, so yeah. yeah
1: we, sure. I mean, we discussed it, but I think I, I kind of, I put it in, in. I mean, I knew that A A U tournaments was going to be first, and I knew that the posse cut was going to be last, and beyond that, everything was kind of shuffled around. But I, you know, I. I, it's all, yeah, I did the, 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 I would say, you know, 90% me woods, woods probably gave us two cents here and there, but, uh, you know, like I, I, put arm and hammer in the middle, you know, I kind of, well, I want to space out all the woods versus I want to space out the Aesop versus I want to space out the Bruin versus. Yeah. And the Bruiser Wolf versus. So like, I kind of, I, I just made sure I just, a lot of math, <laughs> a lot of math to figure out where everything needs to go. <laughs>
0: And so you mentioned this Sharif uh, Blockhead record you're working on. Is there any other kind of upcoming projects that you want to shout out or just like merch or tour dates you want to shout out? Uh,
1: tour, oh, well, tour dates, I'm doing a couple shows. I've been off the road for the year for the most part, but I'm doing a show in San Francisco and a show in Denver and a show in New York, I think in, uh in January, but other than that, nothing planned seriously yet. And as far as new projects go, uh, I have a, like a, a project coming out in the spring, I think it's a, it's an instrumental project, but it's not like an album album. It's like a, uh, like they're kind of shorter beats. It's with KPM okay. records. Uh, like I, was, I was given the, the, uh, music library and they're like make songs. Oh, okay. Just, nice, nice. Those are cool. Uh, and then I, I'm started mixing like a full length instrumental album that will probably be out. I imagine in summer, you know, late summer, probably. And then there's uh is the Fat Boy Sharif album. I think me and Brian Ennels are gonna work on a project together. Yes. Oh, his uh, feature
0: was really good. Yeah, oh, I love
1: Brian's Brian's really good. Um I hope I hope that those that the guys that are like not the household names get some shine on this album. Like that's like really like that's that's what I, I want people to I want them to listen to the, the the people they know and are comfortable with, but I want them to be like, oh, like who's this guy? Let me look into his what he's done and and because that's you know, that's kind of the point. For, for some of these lesser known guys. Uh, but what else? Uh, yeah, and I, you know, little things here and there, but but those are the main things. I pretty much have all my releases planned till 2025, I think. That's so I'm, chilling. I'm chilling. Is, got...
0: is uh, shriek Blockhead expected to be next year possibly or probably not? Uh, maybe, yeah, I, I think so. Like
1: he's got like two or three more songs to do. Then we got to put it together, mix it. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done on that, but uh, it's going to be weird. <laughs> it's going to be a weird ass album. <laughs>
0: That, that is going to be really interesting right. it,
1: it's a nice little curveball for both of us i think
0: mm-hmm. yeah well listen i i love this new ra- record i and overall I've just you know i've just admired how you've approached your career in general and i like the energy that you just bring to your music you bring just as a person and uh you know i hope the rollout for ox is like super successful i think it deserves it
1: so far so good man thank you so much i appreciate it
0: yeah and i appreciate you taking the time to, to come out on the show uh always appreciate it of course of course peace man talk to you later
1: Mr. Ben Ballin, girl, I can't call. Her. We Uber East, we ain't going out. Girl, stay in your place, stop showing out. Mr. Ballin, consistently ballin'. I'm high as hell, bitch. Stop that talk. I'ma step in the building and talk my shit. Drag my balls till they touch the floor. Bitch, I don't know where I'm about to go. Mr. Ben Ballin, bitch, you can call me Neff Anytime I do it, I'm doing my best. They ain't pick up when I was callin' collect. Back the fuck up, I'm parking the jet. They're like that you should sign a 1017. The last man broke and he owed debt Look like Tyrone Davis and keep sweat. Glock got a small man complex. Bitch, I'm on the Venus it's getting hot. I'm swag. There's Biscotti and your chest. Six hour drive, bitch. You not the judge. I don't got
0: to lie bitch. So there we have it. Another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, It would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug Podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all, though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it, peace.